Welcome to a special episode of the Apple Insider Podcast. This is our WWDC 2020 recap episode. Apple just finished its main keynote for the week with many announcements across all of the operating systems for their devices. And so we're going to jump into it now. And to answer your question, yes, Apple did announce its transition to its Apple-made silicon coming to Macs by the end of this year, 2020. We'll get to all the details to that in a moment. We'll go in the order of the keynote, which started with iOS. First of all, this was the first all-online WWDC keynote ever, and it was clear that Apple pre-produced the entire keynote. It was not a live stream, per se, of presenters on stage going through their slides. Everything was pre-produced, but the quality of the production was excellent. Of course, we heard from Tim Cook at the beginning and Craig Federighi handling many of the major announcements, but There were many other presenters throughout the keynote. Kevin Lynch did the watchOS update. Then other presenters like Beth Dakin, Cindy Lynn, Emily Schubert, Eric Neuenschwander, and special props to Jules Arney, who demonstrated the watchOS 7 dance workout feature by dancing herself. And so kudos to her and to all the incredible presenters at today's keynote. So let's kick off all the news with iOS 14, the next operating system for iPhone. First of all, it's going to be available to all iPhones 6S and newer. So iPhone 6S gets iOS 14 update and newer. The first change that Apple announced was something called the App Library. This is a new feature that will help you organize apps on your home screens. And so you can actually choose to remove some of the many pages of apps you may have on your iPhone. And all your apps can then be gathered together in what's called an App Library. So if you swipe all the way to the right in iOS 14, it reveals these kind of large app folders, but will intelligently surface apps that you use recently. There's also a section of recently downloaded apps, and there's a search box where you can search all your apps, and they will be presented in an alphabetical list as well. So it'll hopefully make it easier to find the app you're looking for and surface apps that you use often or recently downloaded. Also, one of the big pieces of news for iOS 14 is widgets are finally coming to the iPhone and iPad home screen. Yes, Android users, I know you've had this for a long time, but in iOS 14, widgets can now be added directly to the home screen. They don't have to be relegated to that today view or that side dashboard like it is in iOS 13. They'll be customizable by size. So developers and built-in apps will offer different size widgets and you can move them around the home screen and put it in between apps wherever you'd like. There is even a widget called Smart Stack, which is much like a Siri suggestion watch face where it will surface suggested apps or widgets depending on the time of day or trying to uh, assume what you'll be needing at that point. So different size widgets, smart stack, you can swipe through uh, widgets on that smart stack as well. So widgets coming to the iPhone home screen. Also a feature that was on iPad previously, but is now coming to iPhone is picture in picture. So when you are watching a video on your iPhone, if you swipe to go home, the video automatically enters picture in picture mode. You can move that picture in picture up and down the screen And you can even hide it off screen. So swipe it to the left and it will go off screen. But the audio will still play as that video is going. And then you can bring that video back on screen. And then you can go back to the app that it's playing from or tap the X to dismiss it. So picture in picture on the iPhone. 
Also, big changes to Siri this year. The entire design of Siri, when you activate it, has changed. So no longer does Siri take up the entire device screen on iPhone or iPad. Rather, when you invoke Siri, there'll be a little Siri bubble at the bottom of your screen listening to your request, so it does not block what you are viewing on the iPhone home screen. There will also be notification banner style Siri results. So as you ask Siri to surface the weather, it won't take you to the weather app per se. It will actually just show you the results you're asking for in a large banner style notification at the iPhone. Again, so it doesn't kick you out of what you're already doing on your iPhone. Also, in addition to that notification banner style, a big update, this is iPad and iPhone, phone calls will now appear as a notification banner that can be answered or dismissed. So iPhone calls and calls on the iPad, same with voice applications like Skype, voice over IP, or FaceTimes won't take over your entire screen. They'll just be a contextual notification like a banner at the top. Also, a big improvement for Siri is a standalone translate app that will be coming in iOS 14. And this standalone app will allow you to actually converse with someone across languages. You can turn your iPhone sideways so each person can look at their side of the screen and it will translate in real time back and forth. So that is a standalone translate app plus improved translate features built into Siri. Now, some of the most exciting changes in iOS 14 is coming to the Messages app. This will be across all platforms, actually, and we'll get to that in a moment. But the Messages app will give you the ability now in iOS 14 to pin important conversations to the top. So if there are conversations that even if you're not texting actively, but you want that conversation to remain at the top of your list, you can pin those up at the top. There's new animations and text previews on avatars, and there'll be kind of larger profile icons in the Messages app towards the top. So you can kind of see, tap quickly uh, some of your favorites that you want to talk to. There's new emojis, and there's new hair and headwear styles in that. But some of the biggest improvements are actually coming to the Groups feature. So if you have an iMessage group, there is now inline replies. This is a huge deal. Now you can actually reply to an individual message in a group conversation, and you can actually see replies to that message inline, and then you can expand or collapse those as needed. So you don't have to try and figure out who is responding to what message before, especially when you have a lot of people in a group message. So inline replies, huge feature in the new messages app. Also, mentions are coming to group messages. So if you're in a group message and you start typing someone's name, it will pop up a recommended person or who it thinks you're typing their name. You can tap that and then it will mention that person. And then you can turn on notifications for messages when you're mentioned and turn them off when you're not mentioned. So that will help reduce some of the notifications you'll be getting in these group messages. Also in these group messages, it'll have the profile images of the people in the conversation at the top, and it will enlarge the profile images for those who are texting most recently, and even surface little icons and notifications to let you know that there are messages from those people waiting to be read. So huge improvements to group messages there. There's also improvements coming to maps in iOS 14. There's going to be the new and improved maps coming to more countries. Uh, some of that improved maps have come to cities in America. Well, it's also coming to the UK, Ireland, and Canada. 
Apple Maps is also adding guides to certain cities, trails, and parks, so you can actually learn about your destination from these guide cards. And it's adding bicycle directions to maps. And so just like you can get transit and walking and driving directions, you can now get cycling directions built into maps. And that will include things like the elevation that's on the route, whether or not you would be crossing quiet or busy roads. Maybe you'll have to actually pick up your bike to go upstairs. It will tell you all of that in the maps application. And you can even tell it to avoid stairs altogether in whatever route. Maps will also now give you electronic vehicle routing. If you tell Maps that you have an electric vehicle and you would like a route that surfaces those charging points, Maps will actually do that built in. And some great improvements to CarPlay. There were rumors about this before WWDC. And now Apple is giving you the ability to unlock and start your car with your iPhone. So a digital key connected to your iPhone that allows you to unlock and start your car. They announced that the 2020 BMW 5 Series car has already integrated this feature and that will be available later this year. It's using NFC. There'll be a wireless charging pad in the car. And this is, again, a point to the kind of pre-produced keynote that Apple was able to do this year. You were actually able to see the presenter with the physical car using the digital key, seeing inside the car with the wireless charging pad. So a nice benefit to having a pre-produced WWDC keynote. You'll also be able to share these digital keys with other drivers or other family members. So if you want to give someone the ability to unlock your car and even start it and drive, you can do that digitally and securely in iOS 14. And some of these features will actually be coming to iOS 13. So you won't have to wait until the fall to use some of these digital key features. Apple also said that it's going to be leveraging the technology in the U1 wideband chip where you'd be able to even leave the phone in your pocket or purse and not have to take it out, and it will still unlock the car as you approach. Apple also announced changes to the App Store, and it's bringing something called App Clips. This is something that Google announced with Android a couple years ago, and now Apple is bringing the ability for you to use a certain app's features without downloading the entire app. Per se, if you wanted to park at a place and you have to pay for parking and you see the sign for whatever parking vendor that you have to pay, you can actually just scan it, whether it's an NFC clip, whether it's a QR code or a brand new specially designed Apple clip. So it kind of looks like a QR code, but it's designed by Apple and it will specially surface these app clips and you can choose to use that feature from that parking app without downloading the full app. These app clips have to be less than 10 megabytes in size so they can download and launch quickly and allow you to use those features without downloading the full app. Also, family sharing will be coming and available to developers for in-app purchases and subscriptions. Family sharing has allowed you to share apps and books and movies you've purchased, and now you can also share in-app purchases and subscriptions if the developer chooses to allow that. Those are many of the changes and updates coming to iOS 14. Again, iOS 14 will be available on the iPhone 6S and later devices, and there are many more changes that will be surfacing this week, I'm sure. One thing that we saw in a couple of these screenshots is the brand new weather app, we knew that Apple had recently bought Dark Sky. Well, Apple's built-in weather app will include minute-by-minute -minute precipitation in the United States, which again, we believe that's coming from the Dark Sky information that they bought earlier this year. 
Also, a huge feature not mentioned in the keynote, but was on the slide and is now on Apple's website, is that in iOS 14, you'll be able to set default email apps and browser apps outside of Apple's first-party apps. So if you use the Gmail app primarily for email, you'll be able to set that as the default app on your iPhone. And if you want to use Chrome or another web browser, you'll be able to use that as the default in iOS 14. Next, Craig Frigoriti began talking about iPadOS 14. Just like the iPhone, iPadOS is also getting those redesigned widgets and the ability to use widgets on the home screen, different sizes. A lot of the changes in iPadOS also is about navigation. Apple is adding sidebar navigation to many of its apps and toolbar navigation. Honestly, it is very reminiscent of macOS type navigation, but it is much welcome. That sidebar navigation in apps such as Files makes files look much more like the macOS version, and the toolbars will give you more control and options right there on the surface rather than having to search through menus or not even have an ability. So toolbar and sidebar navigation coming to many apps on iPadOS, such as notes, music, photos, and much more. Just like Siri is redesigned on iOS 14, iPadOS 14 will get the Siri results now in the bottom right corner. Rather than taking up the full screen, you'll get that small contextual Siri in the bottom right. Just like iOS 14, iPad will also have those call banner notifications rather than taking over the entire iPad screen. And search on the iPad has been greatly improved. Rather than coming down from the bottom and again taking over the screen, search on iPadOS will be much like macOS, much like Spotlight is. So you'll see the search bar appear and you'll be able to launch apps. It has now become a universal search, so it'll search all over your iPad. Again, much more powerful, much more Mac-like. Also, some incredible changes to the Apple Pencil. Apple announced a new feature it's calling Scribble, and this will allow you with your Apple Pencil to handwrite into any text field that you see on your iPad. You can take your Apple Pencil and actually handwrite in the address bar in Safari, and it will translate it into typed text for you. So Scribble will allow you to handwrite text in any text field, and the iPad will make it typed text if you want it to, especially when it's in something like the Safari address bar. It will also allow you to convert shapes into actual hard line shapes if you hold down the pencil after you make a circle or an octagon. You can also tap to select handwriting like words and full lines so you can move, copy and paste just as if it were typed text. Scribble also will recognize multiple languages in the same line. In the demonstration, we saw English and Chinese written in the same line, and Scribble will recognize it and actually make it typed English text or Chinese language symbols automatically. Pretty incredible. Also, it will recognize handwritten phone numbers and addresses and will allow you to tap to call those phone numbers or tap the address for directions. That is the new Scribble feature coming with the Apple Pencil. We even got a couple updates to AirPods. Apple is saying that it is adding automatic switching to seamlessly move between devices with AirPods. If you have some AirPods or AirPods Pro, you know sometimes switching between devices can actually be a little bit difficult. And so it is saying that the AirPods will switch automatically from iPhone to iPad to Mac and back again seamlessly. We'll see how 
solid that is once it comes out. Also, it announced spatial audio to AirPods Pro. Apple is using audio algorithms to make a surround sound type experience with AirPods Pro. Now, this is just for the AirPods Pro, not the regular AirPods model. So surround sound, and it's using algorithms to make sure that the surround sound is locked to the device. So even if you turn your head, it will still make dialogue come from the front of the device and make the surround sound stay in place. So it's kind of locked to the device. And if you move your head and device, it will follow you. So it'd be pretty incredible to test that spatial audio on AirPods Pro. This episode is brought to you by iMazing Configurator. iMazing is an incredible iPhone and iPad device manager, which gives you unparalleled control over iOS and iPadOS data. The iMazing team has developed an incredible solution to help individuals and businesses with mobile device management. They recently launched the iMazing Configurator app, which is a set of tools for your Mac that simplifies local supervision, configuration, and provisioning of iOS devices. I have a lot of personal experience with mobile device managers, and I've deployed 50-plus iPads and Macs to Teams, and I have to say that after using the iMazing Configurator, I encourage anyone looking to use iPhones and iPads for their business to check it out. Maybe you want an iPad at the entrance of your business locked to a single app at startup, or you want to quickly install and configure a company app across multiple employee devices. iMazing can do all of that, and it's incredibly user-friendly. I'm even configuring devices for my kids using iMazing as it gives you much greater control and access than the built-in screen time settings provide. With iMazing Configurator, you design blueprints in a clean and readable editor before applying them to bulks of iPhones and iPads. Because iMazing runs locally, it can perform backups and restores, push custom apps, contacts, media, and files, run battery diagnostics, and more with up to 20 devices simultaneously. And it works with devices connected via USB and over Wi-Fi. The iMazing Configurator is also MDM-aware and fully compatible with devices which are already enrolled and supervised via DEP. So I encourage you, check out iMazing Configurator. It's an app for your Mac, and you can request a free trial now at iMazing.com slash configurator. Check out the link in show notes to try the iMazing Configurator. Our thanks to iMazing for sponsoring this episode. Kevin Lynch then announced some of the changes coming to watchOS 7. watchOS 7 will be coming to all Apple Watches Series 3 and newer. So this will not be available to Series 2 and below, only Series 3 and newer, getting watchOS 7. And again, throughout the keynote, it was nice to see different areas of Apple Park. We actually went to the fitness center at Apple Park for this. We went to different places in the Steve Jobs Theater and then outside the Steve Jobs Theater for some of Craig Federighi's presentation. So pretty nice to have that pre-produced keynote there. They announced a new chronograph face, but one of the new features is face sharing. You will now be able to send custom Apple Watch faces to your friends and family, even post them on the web. And so you could be on a website and you might find an Apple watch face that you like and you'll be able to add it to your watch from social media or a website. So Apple watch face sharing, it's also adding those bike directions and elevation changes to directions on the watch like it is in maps on iOS. And it added new workout styles. It added dancing as a workout style, core training, functional strength training, and cool downs to the workouts app. 
It is also changing the activity app name to fitness app on the iPhone. But one of the big features that was rumored and did come in WWDC's keynote is sleep tracking. Watch OS 7 is going to bring sleep tracking to the watch and iPhone. You can set bedtime and wake up goals. When you set a bedtime, it will have a wind down feature that turns on do not disturb and starts dimming your displays. And when you sleep, the Apple Watch display will stay off unless you tap it. So as it's sleep tracking, you don't have to worry about your Apple Watch screen turning on just from moving your wrist or as you roll over. So sleep tracking coming to Watch OS 7. And Apple is also adding a hand washing feature to Apple Watch using the microphone to detect when it hears water running and the accelerometer. It can detect when you're hand washing and will actually give you a 20 second countdown to make sure you're washing your hands for the appropriate amount of time. So hand washing and sleep tracking coming to watchOS 7. Apple then had an entire section dedicated to privacy. Craig Federighi said that Apple believes privacy is a fundamental human right, and so it focused on some of the features coming to iOS and iPadOS specifically geared towards privacy, such as if a microphone or camera is recording on your devices, there'll be an orange indication status in the status bar, a little orange dot, to let you know that a microphone or camera is recording, a welcome feature focused on your privacy. Also, Apps will have to ask to track you across other apps from that developer or from shared platforms. So you will see more details about what an app is trying to track, and you can then allow or deny that app's ability to track you. Developers will also have to say what data it is linking to you individually and what data they're sharing. And this information will actually be in the App Store when you go to download an app. You can see all the information and data that it is gathering on you and then sharing about you. And so you'll be able to see all that information for apps that you're downloading. Apple also had a section on HomeKit and devices for in the home. It announced that it's partnered with Amazon and Google for a new interoperability standard. Hopefully this will bring more devices, maybe even devices that are already available, and allow them to work with HomeKit. Apple is also trying to make improvements to the Home app in iOS 14. When you add a new device, it will automatically suggest some automations available for that device with your other current HomeKit devices. Things like, do you want the garage door to open when this motion detector detects motion? Things like that. It also looks like the Home app is getting some new visual updates and new icons to the devices there iOS 14 is also bringing adaptive lighting to smart lights in your home. So it will adjust the colors of your lights throughout the day, whether it's taking the blues out at night to help wind down or making it cooler midday so you can focus. It will adapt the colors of lightings to the environment and to the time of day. Apple is also bringing HomeKit improvements to HomeKit cameras. You can actually define activity zones with a HomeKit camera, meaning I want you to just look for motion in this area or leave this area out of motion notifications so you can define those activity zones. And it's bringing facial recognition to HomeKit cameras. So if you add that and you actually have someone in your family or you program someone you know, it can actually tell who is at your door if you have a HomeKit camera on the door. And then your HomePod can announce who's at the door. Your HomePod can announce it and you can also get a notification that says so-and-so, this specific person is at the door. Pretty cool feature there. And it's also integrated with the new Apple TV OS 
And so if you have a HomeKit camera on your door, someone approaches, you can actually have that pop up on your Apple TV with the video, and you can see exactly who's at the door while you're watching TV. Other improvements to tvOS 14 that's coming out, it's adding multi-user support to games. So if you have multiple kids or multiple users, you can have different save states in the same game using that multi-user or multi-profile support. Xbox Elite 2 and adaptive controllers can now be used with Apple TV. And picture-in-picture is coming across tvOS. So let's say you're wanting to do a workout, but you still want to watch the news or have a sports game playing in -in picture-in-picture. PIP is now available throughout the OS. And so you can have different apps in a picture-in-picture while you're doing a workout or watching something else. Also, you can AirPlay now in 4K to the Apple TV directly from your Apple devices. Apple also announced a new original foundation, a sci-fi series based on Isaac Asimov's books. And so look for that foundation series and the trailer is now available and you can watch that. Then we came to some of the biggest announcements in this keynote, macOS Big Sur. macOS is now renamed Big Sur and we are jumping to macOS 11.0. So no more 10.16.17, it is macOS 11.0 titled Big Sur. This is a huge redesign to macOS. Apple has redesigned all the app icons and redesigned the dock, the menu bar. All of its applications have gotten a design refresh like mail, photos, calendars, even the iWork applications like Pages and Keynote. And so this is a big redesign. I encourage you go to appleinsider.com and check out our article on macOS 11.0 Big Sur to see the visual changes in this update. Apple is also bringing the control center to the Mac. So there'll no longer be a today view and notifications bar, sidebar that comes in from the right. There'll be a control center available in the menu bar and then a single view for your notifications and widgets much like iOS. The notifications have also been redesigned to resemble notifications on iOS and iPadOS. The Messages app on macOS is gonna get a big update. All those changes to messages on iOS are going to be coming to the Mac and Messages on the Mac will now be a Catalyst app. And so you'll get the pin conversations feature, those group messages enhancements, message effects like confetti and lasers, all that will be coming to messages on the Mac. The updates to Maps will also be coming to the Mac. You can create your own guides if you're trying to plan a vacation or a trip. You can create a multiple destination guide. You'll get indoor maps of airports, that look around feature or street view style view of maps. And you can even see the progress of friends who have shared their ETA with you in Maps on your Mac. So all those features from iOS coming to the Mac. Maps is also now a Catalyst app. Apple is also making changes to Safari. It is adding a lot of privacy features to Safari. It is now introducing something called a privacy report in the toolbar. So you can click this shield privacy icon and you can see exactly how the site that you're on is tracking you, uh, what services it's using to do things in the background and you can get a full privacy report on any website you're visiting. Apple is also putting Safari extensions in the Mac App Store and locking down extensions to give you control over whether you want an extension full access to all websites, whether it only has access to one specific website or multiple websites. 
And you can even choose to allow extensions for a single day for a set amount of time. And so you have con more control over the extensions that you install in Safari. Apple is also creating a new start page and you can customize that with a background image. You can add sections like iCloud tabs or reading list. So you can really customize that first experience when you open Safari. Tabs have also gotten a redesign where it will put favicons in the tabs so you can visually tell the websites that are in the tabs. And tabs will also resize so you can see more tabs at once with the icon. And so you don't have to try and shuffle through tabs that have been uh, laid over one another. Hopefully you can visually see that easier. And the rumored built-in translation feature that we had talked about on Apple Insider is coming to Safari in macOS Big Sur, where you can translate an entire website just with Safari's built-in translator. No need for a third-party translation system. Safari will do it for you. Then came the big announcement that was rumored, the transition to Apple Silicon in the Mac. We know since the beginning of the iPhone and iPad, Apple has made its own A-series chips for iPhone and iPad, and now Apple announced that it's transitioning the Mac to its own Apple-made silicon. Tim Cook announced the transition and then went to a secret, undisclosed location, according to Craig Federighi, where they talked about the transition. All of macOS Big Sur's app are already made native to Apple Silicon. This includes Apple's Pro apps like Final Cut and Logic. They've already been developed and changed to run on Apple's own Silicon chip. The new version of Xcode gives developers the tools to create and change their apps so they are compatible with Apple Silicon. Apple has already worked with Microsoft and Adobe to get Microsoft Office and Adobe Creative Cloud apps running natively on Apple's Silicon. Now, Apple has made a development platform using the A12Z processor. This is the same processor in the latest 2020 model of iPad Pro. Developers can actually apply to be a part of the developer transition kit, and they announced that you can get a Mac Mini running on an A12Z processor, 16 gigabytes of RAM and a 512 gigabyte SSD on Apple's silicon where you can begin developing on it units are shipping this week and so if you are a developer macOS developer you can apply for that developer transition kit apple also announced that it's bringing rosetta back rosetta 2 will be on macOS big sur that let apps and plugins run on apple silicon even if they have not been developed or changed to run on apple silicon also ios and ipad apps can run on macOS Big Sur directly on an Apple Silicon machine. Developers can even choose to put their iOS and iPad apps in the Mac App Store with little to no changes needed. Those apps can just run on the Mac. So Apple announced, yes, it is transitioning to Apple-made Silicon. Tim Cook then announced that the first Mac with Apple Silicon will release by the end of this year, 2020. So in the next six months, we should see the first Apple Silicon made Mac. And then he said the entire transition will probably take two years. So two years from now, then we'll see the entire Mac line, hopefully transition to the Apple made Silicon. So again, if you're a macOS developer, you can apply for that developer transition kit, the Mac mini with the A12Z processor now. Apple announced that the developer betas of all the software is available to download right now. And the public beta for iOS and iPadOS and macOS will be available in July. So developer beta is available today. 
public betas available in July. Now, I know that was a lot of information. Those were all the big announcements from today's WWDC keynote. Now, I encourage you to check out the show notes for this episode right now because there are links to all the articles on appleinsider.com that goes into even more detail about the different features that were announced in today's keynote. Check out those visual differences in Big Sur, the design updates, iOS 14 widget features, and all that. So I encourage you to check out the show notes. Go to appleinsider.com and click podcast, and you can also see all the links there. We'd love to know what you think, listeners, of all these changes, what you're most excited about. You can tweet at me, at Stephen Robles. That link is in show notes. You can also email me. Find the link there in show notes as well. Comment on the post. I hope this roundup of the WWDC 2020 keynote was helpful, giving you all the big changes in one place. And if you haven't yet, would really appreciate you took a moment and given the podcast five stars and a review in Apple Podcasts. That'll help us out for those looking for the best source for Apple news and updates. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out our regularly scheduled Apple Insider podcast episode on Friday. That will be coming out with some even more in-depth discussion about some of the changes that Apple announced. And look for a new HomeKit Insider episode coming out Wednesday this week. Normally releases on Monday, but we wanted to be able to talk about some of the announcements at WWDC. So check that out coming Wednesday this week and then every Monday after that. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.